Week 17 of the NBA 2021-22 season was trade week, and it was a busy one. This is Run It Back, NBA Week in Review, Trade Edition. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money, you can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Basket. Up-to-date sports, post-game reports, debates and play-by-play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket, coming to on there. The Peach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news like we're in the stands. Creating views from the average fan. This is the show where we go coast to coast to talk to fans of the teams that made the biggest trades. Tonight, I'm excited to talk to Jack. He runs a very good LA Clippers Twitter account. JP to talk New Orleans Pelicans. Tom to talk Sacramento Kings. Akeem Evans to talk Philadelphia 76ers. And Brandon Wynn to talk Washington Wizards. Also be joined from time to time by Steve Priscillo and Isaac Edelman of our partner site, FL Teams, as we break down one of the wildest NBA trade seasons ever. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 and sponsor of Run It Back NBA Week in Review. All right, we're going to conclude our crisscross around the country by dropping the pin in New Orleans and bring in JP, who runs the at Pels Press Twitter account. The Pelicans are adding CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell, giving up Josh Hart, Thomas Sadaransky, Nikhil Walker-Alexander, Didi Luzada, a protected first-round pick, and two second-round picks. I'm excited to talk to JP about all of it. Let me bring him in now. Welcome. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm so tired, man. I thought, you know, this is going to be a great idea. Let's crisscross the country. Let's talk to fans. I've been at this for two hours. I feel like I'm in a marathon, man. (laughs) Um, I'm excited, though. Uh, You and I have talked a little bit already. Um, so I feel like I can share with you a little bit. I'm wiped out, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm legitimately excited um, about this trade, about the Pelicans. I shared with you earlier when we spoke that one of the things that's been so cool about this site and doing what we're doing is being able to talk to people like you, fans that really know their team. I, you know, I could name three or four Pelicans. I couldn't tell you much more. Uh, I found out who coaches them today, thanks to you. Um, so we, you know, that it's impossible to to know all thirty in depth. I think so. It's, it's great fun to learn more about each team and, and to talk to people that are passionate about them. Um, and so I'm really excited uh, that that we met uh, JP. Like Tom, uh, I met through Twitter. We don't have anybody 
We've had people covering just about all 30 of the NBA teams. We've never had anybody cover the Pelicans for the Peach Basket, which uh, which uh, I got to fix. We got to fix that um, to finish up this year or next year. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we got a chance to talk. Let's start with this trade. This is a big one for a team that is just on the brink of the play-in right now. Uh, let's start with you know the question we started with uh, for everybody. What do you like about this trade? Obviously, you like C.J. McCollum. He is a fantastic scorer in the NBA. He is a three-level scorer. He gets to the rim. Uh, his mid-range game is very good. And obviously, he's an established three-point shooter, uh, as we all know. Larry Nance is a very good defensive and offensive weapon. Uh, he's one of those guys that you don't necessarily highlight um, as we need to stop this guy on the offensive end. But genuinely, he is a threat. You know. Yeah. He's a very good player uh, in, in a lot of, of different ways. Tony Snell, you know, he's more of a meme now than he is anything. You know, uh, if people call, call it the Tony Snell where you get zero points, you know, zero rebounds, zero assists in 26 minutes. You know, you're just getting out there getting cardio. But uh, in the NBA with a, a young team like the Pelicans, um, these veterans that have been around for a long time are very important. You know, uh, for the past couple of years, the Pelicans have been – a team that is very young, that trend continues uh, into this year. Uh, I mean, even even look at uh, some of the players who are getting significant minutes this year. Jose Alvarado, um, Herb Jones, and Trey Murphy here and there, they're all rookies. Uh, granted, some of them are older rookies, but rookies still the same. You know, first yeah. year in the league makes uh, a lot of – uh, a lot of things easier when you've got guys like CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell, um, and Jonas, and, and some of those other guys that are just a little bit older that have been through it, that have been through the the growing pains, the understanding that 82 games a season is a whole lot different than college, you know, um, and, and and those things are are real. Those are very good positives. Um, CJ McCollum definitely opens up more offense for Brandon Ingram. Um, through skip passes, through pick and rolls, through whatever it is the offensive set is, you've got your star kind of in BI right now, and that is who they are playing through for 90% of their offensive sets. It's it's Brandon Ingram. And so bringing a guy like CJ McCollum, who's a veteran, who's a scorer, who is a good dude, he's uh, you know the president of the Players Council in the um, MBPA and, you know, a good quality guy as well as there is Tony Snell. It's huge for, for a team looking to yeah. uh, go into the playoffs um, the, to hopefully get in the playoffs uh, here sooner rather than later. You know, you, you brought up something that was really interesting and I hadn't even considered it before. Uh, you know, the NBA right now is a superstar driven league. Um, you, you've got to have a super, it used to be, you used to have, you used to need a superstar. Then you needed two and now you need three, Right. Um, and there was always that arguing about between those superstars, whose team it was, right? That's what drove Kobe, you know, I'm an LA guy. That's what drove Kobe and Shaq apart. Uh, Kobe, it's my team. Shaq, no, it's, it's my team. And, and, and boom, you know, that gets fractured. Uh, I look at the Pelicans now and, and I don't, I mean, this is my perspective, and again, I, I, I value your perspective a whole heck of a lot more than mine, but I don't see a superstar. I see three really good players in C.J. McCollum, Zion Williamson potentially, hopefully, uh, and B.I. Um, are, 
do, do you think you know that these are you know three great players that are going to be enough, or do you think these guys have got to take that next level uh, to be you know that superstar caliber player, uh, or do you think they're already there? Well, I think that Zion is on the brink of a superstar. He doesn't get that credit a lot because of his injury history, and, that, and that's just that's just part of it right now. That's the unfortunate part. But honestly, I think. Now, you, you obviously have a couple of different um, ways to look at it, but let's think about some of the NBA champions over the past couple of years. Last year, you know, Giannis is your superstar, and the other two guys are just stars. Yeah. And, you know, r- right now, let's – I mean, trade that line just happened. The Nets um, had to trade, break up their big three. You know, the Lakers, I mean, you said in L.A., they're not playing very well right now, and they've got three superstars, you know. <laughs> Good and, point. You know, it, they've, they've got some really, really good players. Yeah. Um, I think it always helps when you've got a guy or two guys that are your go-to scorers or your go-to guys, and then you have a third complementary piece. Um, look at the Milwaukee Bucks, for instance. Like I said, they always had Giannis and they always had Chris Middleton. But it wasn't until the Pelicans traded um, Drew Holiday to the Bucks that you know they really took that next step and then won a championship. Right. So I, I agree that. Um, you know, you need good players. You need good, solid guys that you can pin, that you can depend on, and that will always be there for you. Be able to get your star open looks. But I don't know that you know in today's NBA that you need three superstars to really win. A great championship. point. That's a great point. You know, and looking at it objectively, which I guess is something I hadn't done. <laughs> uh, you're right. It's impossible to deny, right? That uh, Giannis was the guy. Chris Middleton is a great complimentary piece. And I think that's the trick, right? Finding the pieces that fit together. Um, let me ask you then point blank. Uh, do you see CJ, you know, CJ McCollum, BI and Zion fitting together? Um, I got my thoughts, but your thoughts are more important. Do you think this is going to work long-term? I well, long term is definitely a difficult conversation because you know CJ's only on a two year deal. He's got he's got this he's got the, the rest of this year, um, which you know about thirty games, and then the next two years after that. Um, so long term, I'm not a hundred percent sure, hmm. uh, but I don't think anybody is. You know, one of the sure. things that frustrates me a lot as a fan um, of a small market team is these ESPNs, the Bleach reports, all these other um, sites coming out with trade grades when we haven't seen anybody on the court. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that's super frustrating. So I don't know, you know, tonight they just lost to the Spurs. So now they're actually out of the 10th seed. They're in the 11th seed um, currently. And there's a clear, uh, a clear issue on the offensive and defensive rotation side. So it's, it's yet to be determined. I think, I think Zion's a really good player. He's a unique, I mean, you know, 26 points on 65% from the field is, very good, <laughs> you know, but um, behind him had some chemistry issues last year as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's all part of it. You know, basketball, when it's played in its purest form, um, where guys are moving, they're rotating on defense, they're talking, the, the ball is moving, not necessarily the man. It's finding the open person right. is an absolutely beautiful thing. Yeah. We try to force it and we try to um, do it all ourselves. That's when it can look clunky and it can kind of become something that, that's pretty ugly. Yeah. I don't know if you're a coach or you talk like a coach. I know you played the game because we talked before, but that's perfect. That's the first thing, you know, when I coach kids, you know, we always talk about moving the ball. 
the ball can get there quicker, right, than you can dribbling the ball. Um, and anytime, you know, if you have a possession where you're holding the ball for longer than three seconds, this is what I teach my kids. It's too long. Hey, pass the ball. Figure out a way. There's always going to be, uh, you know, some movement. It's it, it's necessary. And that's when the game, you know, that's what was so incredible about the Warriors, right, when they were playing that phenomenal style of basketball. That ball just zipped around the court, and you just couldn't follow it quick enough. Invariably, there was an open shot. And 50, 40% of the time that, that shot went. Um, was there anything about this trade that you didn't like? Well, to be honest with you, um, from the beginning, I wasn't a huge supporter of the trade. Um, I, right. I think CJ McCollum is a great guy. I think he's an absolutely great scorer. But right now, the best defensive player on the New Orleans Pelicans is a rookie. Granted, he's a very good rookie. Um, Herbert Jones, like I said, he came out of Alabama, did defensive player of the year um, type player. So they brought him in specifically for defense. But Josh Hart has something, has I guess two things that CJ McCollum really doesn't have, and that's weight and size. And so Josh Hart has has continually been up against and guarded guys anywhere from Giannis to um, some guards that are a little bit shiftier than, um, you know, a little bit shiftier than, than some forwards are. So I think that, that a lot of defense was given up, uh, and not only defense, but a lot of vocal leadership in the locker room. And speaking of the Warriors, you know, Steve Kerr, uh, one of the things that, that he said about the trade deadline is you don't want to give up chemistry for star players. And I think that's a very underrated point um, in regards to a lot of uh, a lot of NBA trades. A lot of times we try to treat it like 2K, right? We just, oh, everybody can – I can trade for everybody. I can have Giannis, LeBron, and everybody else on my team, and it'll all work out because I'm controlling it. But they're real people. They're real players, and, and life doesn't work like that. And right. so that's that's one of the big reasons I was concerned. I think Larry Nance will kind of fix that. But like I said, you know, he's coming off a knee injury. We'll, we'll probably be back in about six weeks. Um, if he's back in six weeks and they're in playoff contention, that'll really help. But – you know, if he's only there for the last two, maybe three weeks of the year of the season, then and you're out of contention, I, I would just shut him down for the rest of the season anyways. Yeah. Yeah, you alluded to the fact that you just don't know what the future holds. You don't really know what next week holds, right? So it's also – you just have to wait and see. But it, when I look at this on paper, I look at C.J. McCollum, a player who really can live behind the three-point line but does more. Uh, I look at a player like Brandon Ingram who lives in that mid-range game but can do more. And I look at a player like Zion who really lives in the low post, you know, can do more. But so when you look at that, that, that just looks like a match made in heaven, man. We just got to see if that, if that translates right from paper to the court. Um, Certainly hope so, but I can definitely see why this team was put together. You and I talked earlier um, and, and I brought this up. I was, I don't want to say surprised, I guess I'll, you, I'll go surprised. I, I don't think it's the right word. But but CJ came out and said, I wanted to go to New Orleans, right? He worked with uh, with with the Portland Trailblazers. And, and credit to them for not just shipping a player out you know, who, who had his whole career there. I think that that's great. It says a lot about that franchise. And, and I think that's going to probably attract other players. But credit to them for, for bringing in uh, CJ and, and letting him have his pick to, to whatever degree they could. But – you talked about chemistry. How important was it not just to get a player of CJ caliber or CJ McCullers, McCollum's caliber, 
but to know that he wanted to be there, right? I, I, I just think that changes it, everything. That makes that just kind of sweetens the pot a little. What do you think? Yeah, so um, one of the color commentators for the Pelicans, his name is Antonio Daniels. Um, you know, we talked about him a little bit earlier today. Fantastic commentator, fantastic commentator. Very big on um, player empowerment and, and things like that. One of the things that he's been tweeting a, a lot recently is to hashtag change the culture. Um, you know, that's for the Pelicans. And, you know, bringing in guys like CJ, um, I, I think kind of proves that the culture is changing. But that changed by, in my opinion, two things. And the first was hiring Willie Green. Willie Green is a player's coach. Uh, he always has been. He empowers his players more than anything else, um, more than any other uh, coach that I've really seen recently, to be, to be completely honest. And, you know, he learned that from Monty Williams in Phoenix. Um, right. because they work together. And he also worked for the Warriors and, and some other guys that are very star-driven people type teams. So we see a, a lot of that trickle down. And the second is Brandon Ingram being a um, genuine quiet star, but also very – he is very supportive of his teammates and is very happy to see them succeed. Um, and I think that that's proven in uh, – so recently um, it's kind of been viral on Pelicans Twitter at least – um, two or three uh, players will go into Brandon Ingram's um, post-game presser and they'll ask him questions and, you know, they'll mess with him and they'll, you know, joke and they'll have all uh, the, these type of things. And uh, you see that and you're just like, man, I really love these guys. I really hope right. that they succeed. And, you know, they really hope they succeed, not only for their own success and the team's success, but for each other. And I think that that is something um, genuinely that some teams just don't have. Yeah. Yeah, and it does matter. You know, I, I've always yeah, – it's so wild because chemistry is so weird. You want it because it makes it fun to go to work, you know, but you don't need it necessarily. And, you know, oftentimes the way you get it is by winning, right? right. You win, you, you end up liking <laughs> you end up liking each other. So it's such a weird little thing. But I think at the end of the day, if you, if you have people that like each other, win or lose, that, that counts for something. Um, now that this trade is done, the dust is settled. I know Zion is, 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 is a big question mark. Um, what, what, let me ask you this way, assuming number one, Zion won't be coming back. The team that you have now is a team you're going to have. And then the second part is with Zion coming back, which I think you told me that he, you know, he, he might be right around the time that Larry Nance is coming back. What do you think the Pelicans' ceiling is? Are they a play-in, um, you know, play-in and done? You know, not a playoff team, play-in and playoffs, play-in and surprise people. What do you think their yeah. ceiling is in those two scenarios? Without Zion, it, and the biggest thing we've talked about is if they can play together um, and, you know, like, like you said, if that chemistry can be established and they're competitive, I think that, you know, an, an eight seed, a seven seed, getting in that playoff contention, I, I think is, is real. Whether that be a gentleman's sweep, um, you know, uh, I personally would not want to go up against the top teams that East, specifically, you know, the Suns. I mean, they are rolling right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think it's hard for a team that, that could still be trying to uh, establish their identity to go up a team, like a team um, like Phoenix who already has their identity, who went to the finals um, last yeah. year, who are hungry, you know, CP3, Devin Booker, all want their first ring type. You know, they were so close last year. So yeah. uh, I, I think I think the ceiling uh, without Zion for this year is 
Um, it is definitely a gentleman sweep, a first round uh, playoff exit. However, uh, you get Zion back, that think that changes a lot of things um, because that gets wide open looks for CJ McCollum at the three. That gets wide open looks for um, you know Brandon Ingram in the mid range. Valanciunas posting up, and just it, when you've got a superstar, when you got a guy that can score twenty six points, that that helps everybody else out too. Right. I forgot about Valanciunas, man. This team's loaded. This team just got to figure it out, man. They got you all got some really good players in New Orleans. Yeah, I think uh, the the first five, the first uh, you know, first five, six, six guys are incredibly good. Um, I, I think the rest of the roster is might be where some question marks are. Okay. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of three point shooting right now, um, and you know, a lot of people were that's why they wanted to trade for CJ. You know, they said that. Uh, well, he'll fix our, our three-point problem. It's like right. he will make his three-point shots, but he's not going to make everybody else make their <laughs> own three-point shots. Right, uh, you know? right. So, so I, I think that that might be a problem that needs to be addressed. Um, they still currently have a roster spot uh, where they convert a guy like Jose Alvarado, who's been playing really well uh, on a two-way contract, um, whether they convert him at the end of the season or they sign a, a three-point shooter that is available on uh, the open market. Um, the big thing, obviously, with uh, Jose Alvarado, he's the the first point guard, um, really. He comes in for Devontae Graham. And if they don't sign him to a contract, then if they make the playoffs, he would not be able to play because he's a two-way player. Yeah, I got to say, my, my name's Jose. And so having a Jose in the NBA is really endearing. Because um, uh, I always I always figured if I had six more inches and a jump shot, I'd be in the NBA. Because uh, I had the mentality, just didn't have the talent or the size. Uh, well, Jose nice. is uh, they list him at six feet tall, but and, I, I think I think he's he is pushing five nine, five ten. Wow! And Jose's the guy who came out and said, "I'm Pat Beverly," right? He was he was yeah. He's a, with, he said, "I'm a light skinned Pat Beverly." Yeah, <laughs> I love that when he was guarding Pat Bev, if I remember yeah. correctly. I've seen a couple of his highlights, and he he just looks like a fun guy to watch uh, to watch play. Um, wow. All right. Yeah. The the future looks bright. Uh, you know, I, I think what has been really interesting in talking to everybody that we got a chance to talk to, you mentioned changing the culture. Um, you know, I'm an LA guy. I saw the worst franchise in the history of the NBA, the Clippers transform. They are Mm -hmm. a good franchise. Now, uh, we talked to, uh, Sacramento Kings, uh, fan uh, talking about how that trade is changing the culture in Sacramento. Um, and, and Sacramento, after the Chris Webber years, had, had really taken a dip. Things had not been good there. W- when you say change the culture in New Orleans, I, you know, again, I, and this is why I love talking to y'all because I don't really know. I never thought that the culture was bad. What, what, what has to change in New Orleans? What do you think they need to move away from? Uh Personally, I mean, we're talking about small markets versus big markets, right? Um, You know, New York, L.A., Miami, teams like that um, traditionally have a higher, let's say, shine to them than places like New Orleans and some things like that. And almost for a long time, there was this this idea that um, small markets couldn't win championships, you know, but, you know, look at Cleveland, look at um, Dallas, look at San Antonio, look at Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee most mm-hmm. recently, you know, I mean, even Phoenix, who was also yeah. in uh, right. the finals last year, they're all small market teams that have 
built organically and made a trade for a player that was really good that really put them over the top. I think that's what New Orleans is really trying to um, to try to try to do as well. Um, I, it is difficult um, in a, a lot of different ways to say um, how you need to change the culture or when the culture kind of quote unquote went bad. But I think two things really happened that made people start to look at New Orleans as a negative place. I think New Orleans first and foremost will probably always be a football town, just with the Saints being there. Right. Um, you know, say, uh, football in the South is um, definitely uh, viewed as higher than basketball. It's just kind of part of it. Um, but um, Anthony Davis uh, demanding a trade, requesting a trade to L.A. definitely hurt some of the culture, some of the things he said, the way that he kind of went out. Um, and also J.J. Redick, um, when he got traded to Dallas, um, you know, at the end of his contract, when he said, I really wanted – to go to a team up north and be close to my family. Um, well, nobody was really wanting his contract and some things like that. And he was disgruntled and kind of said things, uh, said a couple of things on his podcast, uh, which I, which I really like. And I think JJ is a, a great um, announcer and, and host and things like that. But I think some of those things might have uh, jaded a couple of people uh, towards New Orleans. Some pros that are pretty, pretty good. Um, obviously Anthony Davis winning the championship and JJ Reddick being a 15 year, 16 year veteran in the NBA their um, their words hold a lot of weight uh, in yeah. the NBA. So uh, yeah. I think that changing that narrative from like, hey, you know, this is not common. Um, come look at our head coach who's awesome. Come look at our facilities. Come look at the players and the culture mm-hmm. that we're being here at that, that are here. I mean, we talked earlier about how Josh Hart and, and Nikhil, the day after they got traded, were sitting courtside for the Pelicans game supporting right. their guys. And right. Josh Hart was even wearing a Brandon Ingram jersey. Um, and you know, you just don't see that. And right. so I think the culture is changing in large part to Willie Green, Brandon Ingram and some other guys, but ultimately, um, I think that it will come down to, um, wins and that's just going to be part of it. It always comes down to scoreboard. That's how everybody's graded. That's at the end of the day, what, what, what counts. Um, I didn't mean to steal your thunder on this cause I did kind of allude to it, but let me leave you with this, you know, any talk of the Pelicans, has to be centered around Zion Williamson. He is, you know, kind of the big unknown right now, at least for a lot of us outside of the market. Uh, tell us what you know uh, about Zion. Is the expectation that he comes back to play with CJ this season? There's a lot of optimism that he will play this year. He is working out very hard in Portland um, from everything that everyone has said. Um, a lot of it is kind of up in the air. You know, he broke he broke that fifth metatarsal in his foot. And the place where he broke it, there's not a lot of blood flow. So bones like that are very difficult to heal. Um, and it, they just take a little bit of time. And it wasn't healing properly, so he had to get an injection. Um, you know, basically, I, I think that there are about three scenarios that can happen. I think that uh, things can be going well, and he's just working out, rehabbing very hard to get back in um, this season. And that's a very real possibility. Uh, I think that uh, he could be um, – struggling uh to mm. to for that um for that bone to heal and he ends up having to have reconstructive foot surgery like Kevin Durant did um you know in in uh in OKC so the last one is i think that he will come back healthy but the pelicans could be too far um removed from the playoff um scenario and they could just shut him down for the rest of the season just like you know Larry Nance well, hoping for the best. I think he's, you know, an extraordinary talent. I, you know, the thing that I 
liked about him, just kind of from a marketing perspective outside of his game, is just he had that kind of infectious smile that I hadn't seen really since Magic Johnson. Uh, yeah. Just a guy that you like to smile with, and that, there, there's something special about that. Right now, the Pelicans sit at yeah 11, uh, and I've got them four games behind uh, the Clippers at eight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot's got to go right, but I love this trade for them um, and uh, love getting a chance to talk to you uh, about them. Um, the, yeah, the Twitter account, Pels Press. Make sure you follow that. I'm excited to follow uh, moving forward, and, and hopefully we get a chance to talk again. I appreciate you taking the time, JP. Thank you. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Podcast is awesome. Uh, thanks again. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Pass.